Welcome to the Golden Wheel Tavern. Have a drink on the house. I closed a massive deal today. The negotiations were quite intense and took place over a few days worth of meetings. There was constant back and forth, haggling, and just general negotiation. But I think it was worth it. From now on, we'll be having ale at a lower price. A whole copper piece. You know what we'll do? We'll discuss the deal makers of adventuring today. The Warlocks. The Warlocks are defined by a deal they made. A Warlock makes a deal, a pact, with a higher being to gain knowledge and powers. That being they make this deal with is not a god though, but a being powerful enough to grant powers to the Warlock. The type of being can vary from demons to fey to alien beings from beyond the stars and comprehension. This deal signs the being as the warlock's patron, and the warlock is granted different abilities based on the patron. Some warlocks are deeply indebted to their patron, receiving orders from their patron that they must follow through with or risk the ire of the source of their power. Other patrons may have a more hands-off approach, allowing their warlock follower to do as they wish as long as the warlock does not do anything detrimental to the wishes of a patron. In either case, a warlock's relationship with their patron is unique. A cleric may commune with their god, or paladin may be directed by their oath, but a warlock is tightly connected to the whims and wishes of their patron. It's these wishes that can easily drive a warlock to adventure. Their patron could be seeking a powerful relic some hidden tome, or the extermination of an enemy. Of course, a warlock can also take action on their own. A warlock seeked out their patron, found them, and made a deal for power. A warlock could just as easily, equipped with the power of their patron, go out on adventure to gather more power. A warlock is an extremely versatile class and their health die gives them the possibility to mix it up, having the most common hit die, a d8. They also get proficiency in simple weapons and light armor, giving them some proficiencies that would allow them to do some melee combats. In regards to their saving throws, a warlock gets proficiency in wisdom and charisma saving throws. Wisdom saving throws are typically seen in classes that deal with powers of creatures far beyond themselves, such as druids or clerics. Since a warlock makes a deal with a being greater than themselves, it's fitting that they would get wisdom proficiency. With charisma, it is the main ability that a warlock uses. Between making deals with beings and their own power and presence, it makes a lot of sense that a warlock would get proficiency with charisma. At level 1, a warlock gets their spellcasting. This is not a normal type of spellcasting though. Every other class that gets spellcasting gets an ability called spellcasting. The warlock, on the other hand, gets a type of magic called pact magic. In comparison to normal spellcasting, a warlock is far more limited. 
A Warlock is a caster of the spell's known type, starting with 2 spells and maxing out at 15. But, where they truly differ from other classes is how their spell slots work. Every other caster class has a set number of spells per level, such as a Sorcerer having 4 first level slots, 3 second level slots, and 2 third level slots at level 5. A Warlock's spellcasting does not work like this at all. A Warlock does not get spell slots of multiple levels. They get a limited number of slots of one level. For example, a level 5 Warlock gets two spell slots, both third level spell slots. If a Warlock wants to cast a first level spell at this point, they must use one of their two spell slots, and the spell must be cast at third level. This limits the power of the Warlock in regards to how often they can use their spells, as they have so few spell slots. A Warlock usually relies heavily on their cantrips or their melee capabilities. But a Warlock also differs from your typical caster in another way. A typical spellcaster regains their spell slots after a long rest, with a few classes having an ability to possibly regain a small amount of slots after a short rest once per day. The Warlock does not follow this standard. A Warlock regains all their spell slots after a short rest. This ability to regain their spell slots so quickly in comparison to a long rest can make a Warlock either a powerhouse or a terrible spellcaster. If a Warlock does not get enough short rests, which a typical adventuring day will have two or three of, they suffer from running out of spell slots and just being a worse caster. If a party takes a short rest after every combat, a warlock can be far more powerful than their fellow spellcasters, using multiple spells of the highest level available to anyone in the party every combat. The warlock really does vary wildly in power based on this single factor. In regards to their spellcasting focus, theirs is the same as that of the sorcerer and wizard, an arcane focus. Since warlocks gain their power from a being they make a deal with, and it is this being that differentiates one warlock from another, this is what makes a warlock subclass. A warlock at level 1 gets to choose their subclass, their otherworldly patron who confers benefits onto the Warlock at certain level thresholds. As of now, there are six Warlock Patrons. The Archfey Patron is a Lord or Lady of the Fey, a being who is likely the keeper of knowledge and ancient secrets far beyond the capacity for mortal understanding. They are fickle and enigmatic, and will likely take a Warlock under their wing for inscrutable reasons, but they may include striving for greater power, or settling ancient grudges. With the abilities they provide, a warlock with a pact with an archfey can alter the minds of those around them and keep themselves from having their mind meddled with. The fiend patron is what happens when a person makes a typical Faustian bargain, a deal with the devil. The fiend patron is literally a demon or devil. They aim for chaos and destruction. This doesn't mean a fiend patron makes someone evil. Many demons are immortal, so they can use a patron for their plans to plant the seeds of chaos or corruption that won't be reaped until long after the warlock has finished their patron's request. 
The Fiend grants their Warlock a few combat abilities, and even gives them an ability which incentivizes the Warlock killing a creature, granting the Warlock temporary hit points every time they finish off an enemy. The Great Old One Patron is an almost indescribable creature. It's a being beyond the fabric of reality, an eldritch horror from beyond the stars. Its knowledge, existence, and motives are far beyond the warlock's possible comprehension. The Great Old One might not even be aware of the warlock, but the warlock has been able to peel secrets of magic and power off the incomprehensible existence of their patron. The Great Old One, a being whose very nature can destroy minds and has knowledge beyond anything the physical realms can ever discover, gives their warlocks abilities involving protection of their minds and alteration of others and the gathering of knowledge and secrets. The undying patron is when a warlock makes a deal with a being who was once simply a mortal, but in a search for power, much like the warlock makes a deal for power, they paid a grave price to gain the power to avoid the grave. This patron is typically a lich, a being of high arcane power, who was once a mortal who, typically, ripped apart their soul to gain immortality. A warlock who makes a deal with these beings is granted powers to fight off both death and the undead, and even starts aging at a much slower rate. A warlock may earn themselves a celestial patron. This is done when a warlock makes their deal with a being of divine power, such as an angel or unicorn. This is not as strong a connection to the divine as the cleric, but it grants the warlock certain support abilities and a few tricks to increase their damage output. The most mysterious of the patrons, even more so than the incomprehensible Great Old Ones, is the Hexblade. Warlocks of the Hexblade have made a deal with a shadowy force of a dark realm that manifests in the form of sentient weapons. A Hexblade Warlock is armed with a special weapon and is granted abilities to curse their enemies and strike them down quickly. While a Warlock chooses their subclass at level 1 and picks out spells at level 1 as well, a warlock suddenly becomes far more individualized, being granted special powers from their patron, at level 2. They get to choose two eldritch invocations. These invocations are special abilities or skills granted to the warlock, ranging from casting spells at will, to being able to read any language, to just being able to levitate off the ground whenever they want. There are over 40 invocations, and each one has its own benefit. Some have requirements that must be met, such as certain level requirements, as the warlock gains more invocations as they level up, or making a certain choice regarding their pact boon. A pact boon is a gift given to a warlock by their patron at level 3. This isn't tied to any specific patron, but it may appear differently based on your patron. When it comes to Pact Boons, a Warlock gets to choose between three boons. Pact of the Chain, Pact of the Blade, and Pact of the Tome. Pact of the Chain grants the Warlock the ability to cast the Fine Familiar spell, which creates an animal companion for the Warlock 
made of magical energy. It also expands the choice of animals for the warlock to have as their familiar, and grants the warlock the ability to forego an attack in order to have their familiar attack instead as a reaction on part of the familiar. This gives the warlock some tactical support abilities, both in and out of combat. Pact of the Blade is somewhat obvious as to what it is. It allows the warlock to summon a melee weapon, which the warlock is proficient with as long as they wield it. It's a magic weapon for the sake of overcoming resistances, and can be created with an action. It disappears if it is more than 5 feet away from the warlock for more than a minute. The warlock dies, the warlock resummons it to their hand, reappearing there instead, or if the warlock dismisses their weapon, which takes no action. The warlock can also take an hour and change a weapon they found into their packed weapon. They can do the same dismissal and summoning to this weapon as well, storing their weapon in an extra-dimensional space. This bond lasts until the warlock dies, or uses the one-hour ritual again to either set a new weapon as their packed weapon, or to end their bond with that packed weapon. This ability allows the warlock to be flexible in combat in regards to their weapon choices, choosing a weapon to match the situation. The last packed boon option is the Pact of the Tome. A warlock who takes this pact boon is given a grimoire called the Book of Shadows. When a warlock takes this boon, they choose three cantrips from any class, although they do not have to be from the same class, and those cantrips are inscribed in the warlock's tome. While a warlock has their Book of Shadows, they can cast those cantrips. They do not count towards the number of cantrips known by the warlock, and when the warlock casts them, they count as warlock spells. If a warlock loses their Book of Shadows, it's not the end for the boon. A warlock can perform a one-hour ceremony to receive a replacement grimoire with the same cantrips. This can be done during a long or short rest, and destroys the previous book. The book itself will turn to ash when the warlock dies. This Pact Boon gives the Warlock quite a few more options in regards to their cantrips, and can deeply affect how the Warlock plays, depending on what cantrips are taken. Since the Warlock is such a unique caster, their higher level spell slots are also unique. A Warlock spell slots, which all remain the same level, grow to spell level 5 at the Warlock level of 9. At level 11, a warlock gains access to higher level of spells, but not in the same way as the rest of their spell slots. At this point, a warlock gains access to their Mystic Arcanum, a magical secret given to the warlock. A warlock can choose one sixth level spell. They can then cast the spell once per long rest without spending one of their spell slots. They can't cast it otherwise. At higher levels, they gain more spells. At 13th level, they gain one 7th level spell with the same restrictions. At 15th, they gain an 8th level spell, and at 17th, they gain a 9th level spell, all with the same style of casting as the previous spells. As their capstone ability, the skill they get at level 20, a warlock can draw upon the power of their patron to refuel their arcane abilities. Once per long rest, once per long rest, 
a warlock can spend one minute entreating their patron for aid. After the minute has passed, the warlock will be granted power, and all of their spell slots from their pact magic will be restored. This does not restore Mystic Arcanum though. This ability allows a warlock to regain their slots in a pinch if they don't have time for an actual short rest. The warlock is a very interesting class. It may very well be the most customizable class, with 6 subclasses, 3 packed boons, and over 40 invocations. That's over 700 possibilities for just a subclass, a packed boon, and 1 invocation. And warlocks get up to 8 invocations. With the right choices, a warlock can be a spacer or striker easily. They can pull a frontline combat role, maybe not a tank role per se, but a very solid frontline role. Especially if they take a Hexblade Patron and Pact of the Blade Pact Boon. In regards to support, the Warlock has a harder time than most classes that can pull support. If a Warlock wants to pull support, they have to go with the Celestial Patron, which grants them a few support abilities. Otherwise, they can't do much healing. In regards to multi-class, the Warlock is a very solid class to dip into, taking one or two levels to get the bonus of their subclass and some invocations. Even three levels is a reasonable dip into Warlock to get that packed boon. As for classes to pair with the Warlock, Sorcerer, Paladin, and Bard all work pretty well as they are all charisma casters and can open up the warlock spellcasting ability, with the paladin being able to use the frequently restoring slots for smites, the sorcerer being able to shape and change the magic given their metamagics, and bard giving the warlock some support capabilities. Warlocks are a complicated and highly customizable class, with excellent background and story potential, regarding their relationship with their patron. Next time, we'll discuss the most iconic of all the casters, the classic magic user, or rather what they are called now. We'll be discussing the wizard. Until then, remember that eye contact and a firm handshake go a long way when making a deal. I'd like to thank you for listening, and I ask you to rate us highly on whatever channel you're using to listen. If you want to follow this on Twitter, check out at the Tavern Keep and tweet about us using hashtag TavernKeep. If you want to support this project, other than sharing it on social media, you can check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash the Tavern Keeps Guide. I'm Ryan, and this has been the Tavern Keeps Guide. Thank you, and make sure to tip the barmaids.